This podcast is sponsored by Skylight Calendar. Let's be real. Running a household can be exhausting and chaotic. And finding the perfect Mother's Day gift, it's not exactly a no-brainer. Until now. The Skylight Calendar is the best way to organize the family and give everyone, especially mom, some peace of mind to enjoy the things that matter most. The Skylight Calendar is a smart, touchscreen calendar that keeps track of and manages the chores, dinner planning, groceries, and to-dos for the whole family. The Skylight Calendar automatically syncs each family member's digital calendars and displays them all together on one color-coded touchscreen. It even doubles as a digital picture frame, so you can finally share all those special moments that are just sitting on your phone. As a limited time offer for our listeners, get 15% off your purchase of a Skylight calendar when you go to skylightcal.com slash easy. That's S-K-Y-L-I-G-H-T-C-A-L dot com slash easy. Get 15% off your Mother's Day purchase now at skylightcal.com slash easy. Hey, Doing It at Home family. Sarah and I have a quick request. If you have three minutes to spare, we would love for you to fill out the survey that we're currently conducting over on our website. We want to learn more about you, hear what you like and don't like about the show, and give you a chance to give us some episode topic recommendations. Now, there's something in it for you as well. We're going to be giving away a $50 Amazon gift card to a listener who fills out the survey. You can learn more over at our website, diahpodcast.com slash survey. Again, that's diahpodcast.com slash survey. Hey, I'm Sarah. When planning our home birth, my husband Matthew and I were really frustrated by the lack of empowering and honest home birth resources. So we created this podcast to start a new conversation for moms and families like us. This is Doing It at Home. All right, everyone. Welcome to the Doing It at Home podcast. Today, we have Abby Thiering on the show, and Abby is the creator of Badass Breastfeeder. Now, the Badass Breastfeeder community is pretty large. If you haven't heard of it, the Facebook group has over 270,000 likes and Instagram over 60,000. So if you have heard of it or you haven't, either way, this is an amazing episode because we chat with her about how she started the blog and what is now the Badass Breastfeeder brand and how she describes it as a big, beautiful accident. And it was really inspired by being thrown out of a Facebook group, a private Facebook group for mamas about postpartum and nursing. She shared a picture of herself nursing in public and received a lot of flack for that and was kicked out of the group. So she started her own space for sharing empowering information, stories, pictures on breastfeeding and breastfeeding however you like, wherever you like. We also talk about her birth stories. So her first son being born in the hospital and how some of that experience did not jive with her and left a little bit of trauma and funk. She felt like a shell of a woman after that experience. And so she was interested in creating something different for her second birth. And so she did it at home. So we talk all about that as well as some of the cultural things around breastfeeding and how that's received and things that we can do to empower ourselves, whatever your choice as it relates to breastfeeding. So it's an amazing conversation. Thank you so much for Abby. She is a badass. And here is our conversation. Sick of being upsold at gyms. 
my guy. You're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a Swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Hi, Abby. Welcome to the Doing It at Home podcast. How are you? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, I am so excited to be talking to you. When we connected on Instagram, I've just I've been following for a while. And then, I don't know, spirit or whatever it is kind of inspired me, motivated me to reach out to you. And I'm, I'm so happy that I did and that you responded. And then here we are. <laughs> I am glad you did too. I love this topic. Cool, cool. Well, I know this is going to be super valuable for our listeners and our mamas out there, many of which are planning to breastfeed if they aren't currently or are breastfeeding and everything that comes up with that and at all different stages. And I think you can speak to that given some of your own experience and the community that you've built in Badass Breastfeeder. And first of all, well, let's start with you sharing a little bit about yourself and then we'll get into Badass Breastfeeder and all that awesome stuff. Okay. Um, I am a 41 year old mother in Chicago and I, uh, well, I was a social worker for, um, my entire, well, not my entire life, (laughs) my my entire adult life. Um, until I got pregnant with Jack and I, um, even decided to, I worked up until the day before he was born. I was planning to go back to work and when breastfeeding started not working, I um, decided not to return to work, and that's when a whole unexpected path um, unfolded before me. Um, but I, yeah, I live in Chicago, and um, it's really cold right now. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we enjoy. We live right by the beach, so we enjoy going to. The, of course, not right now, um, to the beach when it's warm, and um, yeah. That's wonderful. So you said breastfeeding with Jack didn't work. What, what exactly does that mean? Or can you expand upon that a little bit? Uh, well, so yes, I can. So I, um, really wanted to breastfeed. And so I was reading, you know, my big book when I was pregnant with Jack was what to expect when you're expecting. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I was reading that and, you know, there was a part in there that was like, breastfeeding can be really hard. And I was like, okay, you know, I do hard things and that's fine. I'll uh, just work at it. And, um, they said, okay, there's, you know, don't, uh, let them put, uh, pacifiers in your baby's mouth in the hospital. Don't let them give your baby formula. Mm. And I was like, okay, yeah, I want to breastfeed. Sure. We'll just do that. So I, I, uh, went, oh, I didn't go into labor with Jack. I, uh, was 41 weeks and I went to the hospital. Here's me. I didn't know anything about anything. I got, <laughs> didn't have any friends that were pregnant. I didn't have anything at all. Never seen a person breastfeed. I'd seen pregnant women on the street and they always like freaked me out a little bit. <laughs> um, and then I, you know, decided I was going to have a baby. And so I got pregnant and then I went to the nearest hospital and they were like, okay, so here's what you do. And basically set me up on the little conveyor belt. And, you know, I went through, you know, nine months of all of their, you know, your show up here. And I didn't ask really many questions. I didn't, um, you know, I didn't 
they didn't really present me with any information. Sometimes they would say, okay, we're going to do this test. We're going to do this test. And I would say, okay, okay. I, you know, I didn't know that. I just thought this is what you do. So I went 41 weeks and, um, I was in a bad mood. (laughs) (laughs) I I was like, this, (laughs) come on, this baby needs to come out of me. I'm uncomfortable. I want this to be over with. Um, and they were like, oh, yeah, 41 weeks. We can totally induce you. We should do that. And I was like, yeah, we should do that. That sounds great. Let's get this baby out of here. And so uh, I was induced. And he was not, uh, I was not dilated in the slightest. I was not effaced in the slightest. He had not, you know, come down. I was, there was no signs at all that Jack mm-hmm. was ready, ready to be born. And so I was induced with Cervidil. Nothing happened for like 12, 12 hours or something like that. And then she came in, she gave me some more. Um, and then it came on really hard and very strange and whatever. So I gave birth to Jack like very early and it was very traumatic. The birth was very traumatic. You know, again, he mm-hmm. wasn't ready. So my body wasn't ready. And so uh, he, it was just a very, very long, it was 30 some hours um, ending with, uh, an episiotomy um, to get his giant head out. And finally he was born and I was on every imaginable, cause I also wanted to do it like without drugs, but mm-hmm. I also, I didn't know, I didn't know that as like somebody who understood like the effects of some birth interventions. I just was like that needle. I went to a prenatal class and they were like, here's the, you know, so you can talk about the epidural. And she's like, I'm not going to bring the needle in here though. Cause it really scares people. And I was like, look, if this lady cannot show me the needle, then they're not putting it in me. Right. It scared me so much. I was so scared. I, I became more scared of the epidural than I was of giving birth. Mm-hmm. But I also had no idea what I was doing and I was being induced. And so it got to be like the middle of the night in the middle of labor. And I was just like grabbing people by the collar. I was like, where's the drug guy? He needs to come in here. And so we started with Stadol, which is a narcotic. And then we started, then we got the epidural. And then I got, you know, then by the time Jack was born, I was just the shell Mm. of a woman. I had no emotion. Actually, when he came out, I went, oh, yeah. (laughs) Wow. That's what we were doing. I forgot that mm-hmm. I was just in such torture. It was horrible. Um, and then so she says, you want to breastfeed? And I'm just looking at her like, okay. <laughs> you know, what? I, I really just wanted to sleep. I was so tired. And, you know, so she's like, you know, latching him on. And I'm like, oh, God, I've never seen this before. This is the first time I've ever seen a baby breastfeeding is mm. Jack latched onto my breast. And uh, so, so I get moved over to the... Um, you know, the recovery area. And I'm, you know, I'm still, I'm still trying to breastfeed and all this. And there's, you know, people are coming and trying to help and they're like, um, so you're not making any milk. Mm. You know, there's no, not making any milk and you're, he's, he's crying because he's, he's crying because he's not getting anything from you. Mm. Um, you need to give him formula. And I was like, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to breastfeed him. Like, I just figured that, like, that was supposed to, you know, people are deuced all the time and then they breastfeed, right? Right. Like, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I was the last person who knew anything in the building. So they're like, no, you need to give him formula. He's st- he's starving. Like, he's really hungry. And I was like, oh, my God. Oh, well, my God. Okay, give him some formula. Yeah. Like, this scared me. I was like, Jesus. Okay, let's give him some formula. 
So we give him some. She's like, don't worry. Your, you know, your milk will come in eventually and you'll be able to breastfeed. This is not going to be a big deal. We're just supplementing right now. It's not a problem. Okay. Well, it's a problem Mm. because he's eating formula and he's not breastfeeding. And so really I'm not, my milk supply is not being established. Right. So we go home. I feel like we hit the lottery because they're like, here's some formula. And it was like two giant garbage garbage bags filled with free samples. And I was like, wow, that's so nice of you to just hand me these like free samples. That's so nice. And so we go home and we're like, wow, we don't even have to buy any right now. Um, and then uh, so we're doing this thing. Where they say, you know, breastfeed for 20 minutes on each side and then give them a bottle of formula. Okay, so I did this for, you know, I don't know, I guess we're going on a month or more of this. He's getting more and more restless at the breast. I think that it's not going to work. I start, I, I mean, I just start in with all the feelings. I'm anxious. I'm scared. I'm crying. I'm, I'm looking on the internet. Like, what do I do? I don't know what to do. I really want to breastfeed. You know, I did, this isn't how it was supposed to go. And, um, so eventually, I, I mean, so much, I, I was in so much emotional turmoil at this point, like, and, and, and I, this is my first baby. I'm also like a new mom who mm-hmm. doesn't know what's going on. And then I have this breastfeeding situation that's not working and I don't know what's happening. And so I'm Googling all these things, you know, and finally I heard about the, the Leche League mm-hmm. and I learned that there were like people in my area. So I just like picked up the phone one day and called some woman and was like, I don't know what's going on. Like I wanted to breastfeed and I'm supplementing, but he doesn't like, he seems very restless at, at my breast and I, I don't know what to do. And she was like, she was so wonderful. I'm still in touch with her. She was like, it's okay. Like just, you know, she, she walked me through like how to kind of, uh, start lowering the formula that I was giving him and, and to, you know, breastfeed on demand and like, Mm -hmm. all you know, these things that I could do. And, um, it was probably, I don't know, a few weeks later where we were exclusively breastfeeding. Wow. And I felt like a fricking million bucks. I was (laughs) like, Oh my God, this is crazy. Uh, and I, you know, it was just so, it was so wonderful. Um, and I was like, I had already decided I wasn't going back to work. I was like, I can't even handle this right now. Um, and uh, so I decided not to go back to work. And um, yeah, and then breastfeeding started working. So that was uh, all of that. Wow. It was very, very emotional and very scary. I, I don't, I, I don't know why I got so scared and anxious about it. I mean, I think that probably other situations in my life, I would have just been like, okay, this isn't working. I'm just going to do this. Mm -hmm. You know, there was something really emotional about it for me. There was something that really, I I just didn't want to give up. I just kept, and not, not that if it doesn't work out, you've given up because that's not true. I mean, sometimes it doesn't work and you can't find your way back to where you meant to be. And it just happens like that. Um, but I, I just, I just was so, yeah, it was so emotional. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm emotional to begin with. <laughs> so it was just like that times a million. Well, that's amazing. Uh, great for you to, I mean, something in there was was driving, right? And, and moving you towards 
whatever solution you could find that worked for you. And I would imagine in that euphoria of being able to move into exclusively breastfeeding after all of that and after that journey, I guess you felt like a badass, huh? (laughs) I totally did. (laughs) I totally felt like a badass. But that's funnily enough, not how the badass breastfeeder got started. Mm -hmm. So how did it then? Okay, so... So I decided not to, to go back to work. So then I had all this, I had all this time, mm-hmm. you know, I was looking at, at just being home with my child and, you know, it was something that I'd never planned to do something that I never, you know, I always thought if it between me and my husband, I was so career driven before I was, uh, before I became a mom, I was, you know, I, I was just working as a therapist and I was, you know, doing all these things at my job and I, there was no way I was going to walk away from it. Mm-hmm. And when we talked about like needing somebody at home or like trying to find childcare and then maybe, you know, supplementing that childcare with a, a parent or something, it was always my husband. It was always like, well, you can just work from home a couple of days or you can do this. And it was never me. It was me. who was going to go back to work. And so now I was decided not to go back to work and I, I'm going to be a stay at home mom. It was like something, a role and identity that I'd never, ever planned on. Mm. And so here I am, you know, I was like, okay, well, I'm just going to spend all my time with this baby. Like, that's awesome. That's, <laughs> that's okay. Wait a minute. That's actually pretty cool. So we started to go to like, you know, I started to try to meet other moms and like have, you know, uh, uh, meetups and stuff. And, you know, we were meeting with other, other people and I started to make some friends and, uh, Jack got, um, and breastfeeding was working and everything was fine and everything was going great. And I was just a breastfeeding stay at home mom and Jack, uh, got sick and we went to the emergency room and it was one of these really terrifying things that turned out to be, everything's fine, but it was really scary. So that, so the next day it was a really warm day and we were at the park and I was breastfeeding. I was like, Hey, Hey, uh, friend, can you take a picture of me? And so she took a picture of me breastfeeding and, you know, I was like, oh, thanks. And I was a part of this Facebook like mom support group and uh, I posted it in there just innocently Mm -hmm. (laughs) posted it in there. And the like Internet exploded and everyone, you know, it was like people were like, oh, my God, that's disgusting. I can't believe you just posted that in here. Like, why would you post that in here? Wow. You need to, you should have a cover on. I can't believe that you just have your boob hanging out. Like, why would you post that here? And other people were like, what are you talking about? It's so beautiful. It's so <laughs> natural. What do you mean? And that was just like, the, you know, the argument that you see 70 million times a day on the Internet under mm-hmm. a breastfeed. And I was like, whoa, I didn't know that was going to happen. I had no idea that there was this whole political thing about breastfeeding. And I probably would have told you that I knew that there was this whole political thing about women in America or women in the world, uh, but I didn't really understand it. Mm-hmm. I didn't really understand how I fit into that. I didn't really understand all of that. And I was like, wow. Okay. So then they threw me out of the group. Wow. And I, took me out of the group, I guess, because it was, you know, I don't know, I was causing too many problems. That's so how did you feel about that, though? I, mean, I was really devastated. I was really, I was really, really like, yeah. I was, I was cry- I cried. I was like having like, you know, I was like really anxious and like, oh my God, I can't believe that, you know, I can connect it with people in there and now they don't, you know, like I'm not connected to them anymore. Yeah. And it was just very strange. And um, simultaneously, somebody, I was getting my hair done one day. And my, the woman who does my hair, I've known her for a while, and I was telling her stories about, like, Jack, whatever, and they were 
sort of funny and she's laughing and she's like, you start a blog. And I was like, no, I shouldn't. That sounds like a lot of work. (laughs) I was like, I don't know. I'd never heard of a blog that was about like food or something. Mm. And so she was like, you know, so I had kind of that in my head, like, well, I don't, I have a lot of time. And, and then this happened. And I said, you know what? I'm going to start my own Facebook page and I'm going to put breastfeeding photos all over it because I, that's just kind of my personality. Oh, like, you don't <laughs> like this? Well, now I'm going to do it 20 times. So I, I did that. And, and at the same time, I started this blog just because I had this breastfeeding thing that was kind of in my head. I want to tell the story about what happened with breastfeeding. And so I shared that story, meaning to share it with like a few friends who had kind of liked the badass breastfeeder page. Um, and people were like, oh, my God, that happened to me, too. I mean, mm, so many people were like, yeah. this happened to me, too. And I started to realize, wow, this is actually a problem because <laughs> this is happening to so many women all over the place. Um, and, you know, through all of that, I also learned that actually, like, if you want to use formula, that's fine. Except if you want to breastfeed, using formula is not going to help. Mm. You know, like, it, this, there's like all of these like things where it's like, well, Actually, that's going to, it's just like understanding of like how milk supply works, you know, supply, demand, baby has to take the milk out of the breast in order for your body to make more. Right. Like I was like, oh, wow, I didn't actually understand this. And so I'm starting to understand more things about breastfeeding and people are like, oh my God, that happened to me too. And then I don't know, it just kind of grew because I think there was a side of like people were relating to the story and then people were relating to this whole, uh, nursing in public thing too mm-hmm. of like oh yeah I was shamed for that too or I would oh my god I can't believe you're in public and, and you know and then there was of course all, a lot of people visiting saying that that's not what you're supposed to do right and I was like well okay I'm I have time to <laughs> engage you in this conversation let's do this and, yeah, and so it just it grew very rapidly and um uh very or very organically mm. and it was accidental it was a big beautiful accident that's that's amazing and yeah i mean you you said earlier grown a bit i i would say 60,000 plus people on instagram is a bit <laughs> yeah well there's quarter of a million on facebook wow yeah. wow so that's yeah that's uh and i you know on facebook was where i where i um where I was most of the, you know, for the beginning years, I, I, I didn't even start um, really using Instagram until for this, until like this past year. Mm-hmm. Um, so Facebook was really where the um, community, it started. Right. Gotcha. And now there's, now there's a fantastic community on Instagram too, which is a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So why badass breastfeeder? How did that coalesce? My, my friend of mine who was an admin on, on, at the, at the, on the Facebook page for a really long time. She was just I told like, her uh-huh. I met yeah I met I met her at a, a meetup early on you know and I told her I said hey this you know I'm I want to uh, start a blog about this and she was over text message because she wrote back and she was like you call it the badass breastfeeder and I saw it right there and I was like oh <laughs> yes I should <laughs> so that's yeah that's, that's, that's it was born yeah that is so cool so I'm curious I mean I have a lot of questions and you um kind of gave me permission before we officially hit record I'm even going to throw in some questions there that are certainly not coming from my 
space of understanding and relationship to breastfeeding. Mm -hmm. I myself am still breastfeeding at 16 months, but I'm sure there's some questions that come up around it. And then there are even the ones that I'm sure we women who are breastfeeding have these questions or thoughts, but feel bad about feeling them or thinking them and feel like we can't articulate them. So I want to get into some of that stuff too. Um, but one of my first questions is how your husband, Josh has been through the process with you and supporting you in the, you know, the challenges of nursing Jack and then where you are now, how he feels being next to the badass breastfeeder. Yeah, he you know he's actually uh, a very big support. Um, he was from the beginning. Um, he uh, is just always been supportive. You know, like you know this. Okay, he understands that he, um, can certainly share his feelings. But when it comes to my breastfeeding relationship with my children, it's really my decision. Right. Um, and I really appreciate that because it, it's true. You know, the breastfeeding relationship is really between the person who owns the breast and then <laughs> the person who is, who is latching onto the breast. Those are the people involved. Um, That's so, beautiful. That's awesome. Yeah, it is. And, and he, uh, you know, even times where, because it started to get to be through, um, you know, Jack was approaching one or something. And, you know, I said, I don't, you know, this really came, you know, it's a lot of work to get here. You know, I really don't feel like I want to just cut him off right now. Uh, Cause that was my goal. You know, I was like, Oh, I was going to do it for one year. And I would ask around and people would be like, yeah, I did it for like, you know, one year. Um, and I said, okay, one year, that'll be good. Mm-hmm. But then one year came and I, I, once one year came, I couldn't see any reason why, except for what other people else thought. I, I couldn't, figure out a reason why I would stop. I didn't feel like stopping. Jack certainly didn't feel like stopping. I mean, he's six and a half and hasn't stopped. Mm. Um, he's, he, uh, and so Josh was like, well, well, really? Like what, you know, mm-hmm. that's not really something people do. And I said, you know, I mean, I, one of the things that's beautiful about the badass breastfeeder is that I know what I know today. And I, I, um, have, I feel empowered and I feel um, like I can make, you know, these decisions about my children because of of that community. Mm. So a lot lot of people are like, oh, you know, you sort of my face and my voice, but um, it does that because Mm. I didn't, you know, I, I, I was like, hey, you know, I'm approaching, you know, then then suddenly there's women who are following. They say they have children that are older and they're like, oh, yeah, my three-year-old still breastfeeds or my four-year-old still breastfeeds. And I'm like, oh, my God, wait, so that actually happens. Um, <laughs> and, you know, then you start learning, like, well, that's actually, that's perfectly if a child is not weaned, mm-hmm. they will breastfeed sometimes between, you know, up until seven years old. I mean, it happens. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I'm telling him all this and he's like, whoa, that's like really old. <laughs> <And I'm> like, <laughs> yeah, it is. No. You know, so like there's certain stages of the way we both have had to adjust, but um, mm-hmm. overall, he's very supportive. Wow, that's that's amazing to have of, that in a partner yeah, and to have that thing. person. That's that's awesome. So then, where and, and there's a lot of mm-hmm. there's a lot of people who don't have that, 
Right. Yeah. Or, you know, extended community beyond their their partner. You know, like you said, a lot of people don't have any other reason to stop other than what they're being told by maybe their mom or their sister or cousin, mother-in-law, whatever. Um, So to have that that base uh, is is key, I would say, you know, in, in helping you feel supported and affirmed in what you're doing. Absolutely. So then where does Exley's birth kind of come into play and uh, contribute to your journey of breastfeeding and motherhood and just greater understanding of all of this stuff? Yeah. So, yeah. So uh, Jack, we actually started trying to have another child really short, not long after Jack was born. I mean, you know, I'd say like a year later or something. Mm -hmm. Um, Um. and so it took a while. I mean, when Jack, Jack was, um, even before, before I got pregnant, I, I decided, I, I, I told myself that I wanted to tandem nurse because I'd seen like, this is the thing, this is the power of images, right? So we, we're faced with so many more images than we've ever been in our lives because of social media. Yeah. And we have, you know, I, I would see people tandem nursing and I'm like, oh my God, like there our bodies are so insane. <laughs> awesome no idea never even occurred to me that you've got two boobs and if you've got two babies like (laughs) they can just both be on there at the same time it's amazing um and so i was like i really want to do that and i and i realized that that's for the majority of women who are tandem nursing this is not how it works they are they end up breastfeeding a child longer than they thought they were going to they find themselves pregnant and they say oh my god what am I going to do you know I'm still breastfeeding I don't want to cut you know my my child off because this is still really important to us and now I'm pregnant what am I going to do and you know they they learn that way that like oh well this actually can continue right um and for me for me it was a very odd situation or I was just like I went in saying I this is something I want to do it's like a goal you know like hashtag life goals I want a tandem nurse and I so I got pregnant with uh, Exley and then, you know, your body goes through all these changes. So like after a few um, weeks, whatever, my milk supply started to to dip and Jack started to nurse less and I started to get all panicky like, oh, God, maybe he's going to wean and, mm. you know, maybe it won't work. And uh, meanwhile, like some women are like, oh, God, please. Yeah. <laughs> Just like, let this be the end. Um, but I was like, I really had this, you know, my eye on the prize of like, experiencing this amazing thing and uh so I was like oh please you know I would get very anxious when he started when he wasn't nursing and then uh towards the end of the pregnancy he started nursing more I think there was just like a lot of you know he started to he knew that there was a a change coming Mm. and so he started nursing again and uh and then nursing aversion sat in too which was not very pleasant situation. Um, it was just uncomfortable to have him nursing, but then, and, and I, and this is, so I decided with, um, we had decided before I got pregnant with Exley that we wanted to have a home birth. And this is also something that grew out of the badass breastfeeder. I'd never really thought about this either. Mm. And I'd had this experience with Jack that was so traumatizing and so scary. I was actually nervous to go back to a hospital. Mm-hmm. I thought, I don't, I don't, I, I, you know, I felt very out of control. I felt very, um, I felt very small and belittled and I, and I, and I, and I was very afraid of having that experience again. And I saw 
again, with the images, I saw people in their homes in these birthing tubs or in their bathtub or, you know, and I, and then I started hearing about midwives and all these things that I'd never like heard of or, and doulas. And, and I thought, well, and also this community is growing too in my, in Chicago as well. And I, and I started to know people um, who had had home births and I mm. thought, well, why can't, and I started, and I was still feeling kind of like, well, I don't know, you know, can my, can my body handle that? Right. I don't know, you know, her body can, can do that, but I don't know if mine can do that. And I, I really, hiring a doula was really a beautiful thing because she would come over every once in a while and she really did like this kind of therapy, you know, and she thought, well, you know, why do you think your body can't do it? And, and why are you afraid to go back to a hospital? And, you know, we really worked through all of these things and it was so helpful because I, the birth got home birth started to feel less scary and more normal and my body started to feel more normal and um I hired this home birthing um group of midwives here in Chicago who are just um amazing gentle birth care they're fantastic and I um I play I had a home birth I you know <laughs> I went into labor and <laughs> I uh, filled up a birthing tub and um, gave birth to Exley in the in the in the uh, in the water in my living room, and it was really unbelievable. I mean, the whole experience was very empowering. But I I remember distinctly from Jack them telling me at the hospital that I was pushing wrong, hmm. and I was like, I don't even know what that means. You're pushing wrong. You're pushing wrong. And I'm like, Well, how do you? You know, they're telling me I'm doing it wrong. I don't know something I've never done before. Like, tell me how to do it. And I remember in the pool, I was sitting in the birthing pool of labor set on really fast. And I'm, I was like flopping around and I'm screaming, I'm flinging my arms around. And my midwife stood up and she said, she said, come lower. She mm. said, go, go low, go low with your pushing, go low with your screaming. Uh. And I'm just kind of looking at her like, okay. And so I'm trying to figure out what she means. What they mean is push like you're pooping. Yeah. And I wish people could <laughs> say that. If yeah. people had said that from the beginning, I would have understood because I'm pushing like I'm peeing because I feel like that's where the baby's coming out. Yeah. Push like you're pooping and here comes a baby. And so I start doing this in the pool and I'm like, oh my God, I could actually feel actually moving. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh my God. And I push really hard and he would, I would feel him moving down the birth canal. It was so incredible. And home birth in itself was empowering. But that is the single most memorable moment, I think, of my life where I actually figured out with my body how to move this baby out of me. Wow. It was so amazing. Um, and uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll uh, always remember that. And then so he was born. And then I thought, well, I've already breastfed Jack. And I have this big Facebook page. So obviously breastfeeding is going to be fine. <laughs> like I have breastfeeding all figured out. I'm not going to have any problems. And I had a, a lot, I had some problems <laughs> because everybody is, every baby is different yeah. and you don't realize you forget, you know, it's like I was, I, you know, I was breastfeeding a newborn and then Jack became a toddler and then I was breastfeeding a toddler and breast. Mm. Soup and brother are again, and you're like, oh wow, oh my god, this is so 
completely different. Yeah, mom, hand nursing mom, I reached my dreams. This is so amazing. Everybody hop onto a boob. It's fine. It's like it's big free for all. <laughs> and actually, hey, I just thought it was going to be a big circus. Here we are. And actually, didn't gain thing that was extremely different than my first time was that I had this huge community of lactation consultants that I knew. And so I just picked up the phone one day. Her name is Nancy Moorbacher. She's like a world-renowned lactation consultant that I had at the other end of the phone, which is a situation that I didn't have the first time and a lot of people don't have. And I just said, Nancy, he's not gaining weight. And she was like, okay, well, um, and she told me like, well, try this, this, and this, literally like three things. And over the next three times the amount of weight, you know, that he was scheduled to gain mm. and everything was fine. And then everything went on from there. And to this day, three and a half years postpartum, I'm still tandem nursing these giant boys. Wow. I, yeah. I say so, that. I mean, the wow. message is. Wow. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. I think the message. Is, no, no. Yeah. No. If get in contact with a lactation consultant now, yeah. maybe you're pregnant and you're like, well, I don't need one. Just find one. Yeah. And when the problems happen, call one, call them sooner than later. And mm-hmm. things will not be out of control. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, there's so much here to solve early. In. That, I mean, Lactation consultants are amazing. All that I hear, you know, every time I've spoken with someone who's worked with one or even spoken with one, I mean, I feel like it is a completely underrated process uh, that more women could benefit from and take advantage of. And I think there's kind of, um, you know, kind of how the uh, stigma around therapy, that means there's something wrong with you. I think sometimes when you hear lactation consultant, there's this little thing that comes into play of thinking, you know, well, how is this woman's body not working then? Or it's not doing what it's supposed to, or how does she not know instinctively, you know, everything that could come with breastfeeding. I think there's a slight stigma with it that it means you're, you're failing in some way and therefore you've had to go to someone to help you fix what's wrong. Well, I think that's true. And I think that I, I think that there is automatically around breastfeeding, there's so much shame and so much guilt because yeah. you think, well, this is natural and it's supposed to work. Except this is this is what one thing that, that Nancy was saying to me after I was after I was having problems with Exley, she was like, You have to help him. Mm. You know, you just he's he's a newborn. He doesn't know this is a learn it's natural, but it's a learned behavior for babies and you have to help him. And so I I, I forgot to help. You know, mm. I forgot to help Exley. I you know, you kind of have that mindset when you have a new baby. It's like, here I am. I have to help him. But I had been breastfeeding this toddler. You don't have to help a toddler. They can breastfeed down their head. Right. Like, you know, they, they don't need any help. You know, and then I had this newborn. And I'm like, well, here, just join us. You know, but he needed a lot extra help. And, I, and, then, and then a lot of women, we don't, we don't have contact with lactation consultants. And so we go to our doctor. Mm. And we say, hey, doctor, we're having problems with breastfeeding. And doctors are not trained in lactation. Right. Lactation is not a part of medical curriculum. That is right. a fact. Mm-hmm. Medical uh, Lactation is not a part of medical curriculum. It's not. And they don't know. And what I wish they would do, do it to a lactation consultant. But a lot of times what they do instead is give you their opinion. Right. Which is based on simply either their experiences or just what they hear. Because, again, there's not the training. And so they're telling you, well, that's okay. You can just, you know... You can just stop. You don't, you know, you don't have to continue or just, you know, 
or, or giving you all kinds of odd advice that's not helpful. Um, and, uh, yeah, I wish that they would just say, well, here's a list of lactation consultants in the area. Contact one of them. Yeah. Like they would if there was a dental problem or a, <laughs> some kind of specialty problem. They would just refer you to a specialist. Mm-hmm. And that's, this is what needs to happen with breastfeeding problems. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And it makes so much sense. I mean, when you just laid it out like that, I mean, it seems so logical. And yet, you know, because it's in the sphere of motherhood, birth, postpartum women, it gets a little wonky and <laughs> we don't know what to do. Yeah. Um, that's... So I want to take a step back and I was just all wows a few minutes ago when you shared, you know, your tandem nursing you know, goal achieved essentially with where you're at now with Jack and Exley. And I mean, I am nursing one at 16 months and, you know, just to, there's a lot that comes up when you hear that someone like yourself is in that experience and you're just like, how, I mean, you know, that's kind of one of the first (laughs) things like, you know, how, and, um, you know, Maya is going through the flu right now and, you know, that's meant a little bit more nursing and at all hours and things like that. And I, it's funny, I was just listening to one of your podcast episodes, which we'll get into that in a second too, but talking about when to wean and sometimes that pops up on hard days. And, you know, we've had a couple of sequential hard days where in the midst of nursing, I've thought to myself, okay, I'm done. This is this is over. Um, we're gonna we're gonna stop now. Uh, cold turkey, and you're just gonna have to deal with it um, because you know it's in those moments of vulnerability and extreme exhaustion and emotional everything. Um, so I kind of went off on a tangent there and kind of rambled for a second. But all that to say, um, there's so much that comes up. I'm I guess I'm just wondering how how you're still doing it. And I, I, you must have a big why in it is, is what comes up for me. Like you, you have a why greater than, Oh, well, I'm just going to make it to a year. I'm just going to make it here. It's, it's just become part of who you are. It seems like, and your your parenting and your mothering and what you believe is best for you innately and your children. And it's just kind of become ingrained into who you are is what I'm hearing. Well, that is true. Um, but let's let, I'll go back to the what you first started saying, yeah. which was, you know, that you're having a series of bad days. Mm-hmm. And so you know, what's the saying is don't quit on a bad day. Right. Because, you know, don't make decisions in the middle of when things are going bad. You know, when, when things are going bad at work, you're not just like, I'm quitting. Yeah. I mean, maybe you are. But then you get home and, you know, you go to sleep and things seem better the next day. And you're like, OK, I was just having a bad day. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, the you know, don't just don't wait until the till the uh, till the bad day is over and then think about how it is overall if you're enjoying yourself and if not. And then if you're not, you know, that's something to think about. Um, and also, we have plenty of bad days around here. And I <laughs> we you know, breastfeeding is not you know, it's not this like unicorn with like a rainbow tail <laughs> dancing through the air. It's, we have really, really horrible days. And I like I said, I nursing aversion set in when I was pregnant with Exley. And I don't, I don't know if you have experience with nursing aversion, but it's just this, it's this feeling of, it usually comes, I think when, when, um, with pregnancy, because the hormones are so mm, out of whack, but that makes sense. But it can happen at any time, um, for anybody. Um, but 
I still struggle with it. And I'm starting to struggle it with, with Exley too, because he's getting older and their their mouths get really big mm-hmm. and they don't know how now they've got these like big teeth mm-hmm. and they don't really know how to latch anymore and they can't really get a good, you know, a good strong, you know, latch on there and it just feels like icky and weird and it makes you just want to like scratch your eyes out and mm. like it's just not pleasant at all it's and it's you know you just want to be like let go and as soon as they let go the feeling goes away mm-hmm. and so this started with jack and it continues to this day and 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 one of the things that so here we we had we had some really we have a lot of rough days, but when Exley was first born, we had every day was rough. I mean, every day was terrible. And and one of my regrets is not um, creating some boundaries around breastfeeding before Exley was born. Okay. Because once Exley was born, Jack was still... When Jack... When it was just me and Jack, he was breastfeeding on demand. I had no reason to question it. I just had one child. What else was I doing anyway? Right. You know, if he wanted to... It was fine. It, everything was fine. Well, then I got pregnant with Exley, you know, the nursing aversion set in and then also newborn baby set in. So now I have two children who want to nurse. Jack who wants to nurse and it feels really terrible when he's nursing because it's just weird and he's got a different latch and it's just not working. And Mm -hmm. and um, and so I'm kind of in this position where I'm saying I need to create some boundaries with Jack and and the poor kid who's like such a sensitive guy anyway had to deal with adjusting to a brother and then being told no to the one thing that gives him comfort, you know, that he's never been told no about ever in his entire life. And I'm saying, you know, not right now. You have to wait. And, and you know, or he's been on for a minute and I'm like, okay, you have to stop. I'm going crazy. You know, all of these things. And it was really, really hard for everybody. It was really, and it was mostly hard for him. And I, that's one thing I regret. And, and I, I'll say we're in a place right now where Jack is six and a half and he still nurses to sleep at night. That's the only time he nurses. Um, the other day he said to me, I said something about nursing to sleep at night is the only time he nurses. And he was like, well, you don't let me nurse any other time. Oh. And I was like, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But I mean, you know, we got to a place where he was like asking all the time. And then, you know, so for me, the secret was boundaries, oh, mm-hmm. was creating these boundaries, which was very, very hard to do. And there's, there's no easy way around it because you have to start saying, you have to start, you know, you start setting limits and they don't like it. And it, it, you know, and it's understandable that they don't like it because it's the one thing that they know. It's the one thing that's like so important to them. And it's so upsetting when, when all these limits start getting set. Um, But, but I'll say now, right now, Jack nurses to sleep at night and actually for, um, well, so, okay, a few months ago we were in a hotel and he, I was you know, he, we were about ready to lay down and go to sleep. And he said, I can't wait until I can go to sleep by myself. Mm. And I said, and I said, Jack, you can go to sleep by yourself. You do it all the time. Like if you're sick, if he's sick and he has a stuffy nose, he doesn't want a nurse. Mm-hmm. Or if I'm out of town, I've gone out of town and my husband will get him to sleep. I said, Jack, there are situations where you do go to sleep on your own. And he was just like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> give, me, give me boob. <laughs> yeah. And so, Okay. So then he nurses sleep. And then even more recently, I've noticed that like he'll he'll basically just like put his lips on my nipple and then like take them off. Mm. 
Like it's 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 just like he's known it for so long that he he's to the point where you can tell he's kind of like this doesn't work for him anymore. It's not really doing anything for him anymore, but he's just so used to it. Mm. And so I don't want I, I just a lot of people at this point would just be like, no, enough is enough. You know, like we're done. Um, and I just I, I feel like it's something that's. And he's old enough now where we can talk about it. And he just says that he says to me, you know, it's just it's just what I've always done. Mm. And I'm like, okay. I mean, it's literally 10 seconds of my day at this point. Uh Uh You know, it's not like I'm making a huge sacrifice, you know, with my body or anything. And so I feel personally for me and him that this is fine right now. And actually still nurses a lot. Um, He's three and a half and, uh, you know, he's. I, I, I will say that I don't think I have any milk. I don't think there's any milk in my breasts. Because mm. Jack the other day, he was like, he's like, I can't get anything out. And I said, like, there's <laughs> nothing in there. Like, so, so you know, don't cry. You're not, there's no more milk, guys. Because, you know, Jack latching on for 10 seconds at night is not going to keep milk around. And actually, I think for a long time now, when he latches on, he's just hanging out. He's mm-hmm. not really like, He's not really drinking a lot of milk, so he's just hanging out. And that's, you know, I, um, I, you know, I size up my kids and I size up myself and how I feel about it. And, and I, and I feel like, um, you know, it's fine. It's just works for us right now. And Mm -hmm. I I think it's just a matter of, you know, you figuring out, um, if it's going to work for you. And, and and I, there's a lot of days where I, where, and especially when Exley was first born, we we're going through all those really, really, really hard times that I felt like it was never going to work. And this is like, you know, this is traumatic for everybody. Um, but we, we worked through it. And, um, you know, I, I, period hmm. of our lives and it's, it's going to be over, you know, they're getting older. They're not going to breastfeed for much longer. So, you know, I just don't feel like a strong urge to work towards weaning. Weaning to me, some people think of weaning as a relief. I think of it as a lot of work mm. that I that I don't feel like doing. <laughs> you know, I worked so hard creating these boundaries for Jack that was so upsetting for him. And, you know, I just feel like I don't want to go back to that place where I'm kind of where I'm taking control over the situation because it's upsetting to them. And I don't feel like and it's a lot of work for me and I just don't feel like doing it. Mm-hmm. So they're mm-hmm. going to, they get to decide, you know, that's just how it is here. But, you know, everybody's different. Now, some people get, um, I mean, I have friends that are like, you know, oh yeah, he was like four and I decided I couldn't take it anymore. And that, you know, fine. Or one or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, you got to just decide for yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, so I kind of want to throw in one of those zingers that we, we talked about, like a zinger yeah. question. What's your response to, you know, you see comments. Oh, man. I mean, just the comments is probably a whole other episode. But, you know, on images (laughs) or conversations around breastfeeding. And what is your response or how do you feel about people who come with the argument of, well, aren't you damaging your child by, you know, extended nursing and extended into, you know, ages, you know, four, five, six, you know, isn't that especially for a boy, too? I mean, we're... Where are you at with that? Or have you had to deal with any of those types of conversations? Yeah, well, it's nice to to, to have a, a social work background mm, because I can yeah. come in and 
you know, as a mental health prof- health professional and let people know that they're wrong and that they're, <laughs> that they're, uh, you know, that their understanding of how people become psychologically damaged is uh, very backward ah. uh, because nobody in the history of the world has ever become psychologically damaged because their parents were there for them too much, mm. you know, like because they were like nurtured too much because they were held too much or nursed too much. It just doesn't happen that way. Um, and, you know, we can look throughout history and anthropologically um, at other cultures. This is perfectly normal um, in other cultures for, for children to nurse until they step on their own. And throughout history, I mean, this is what this is what has been done. I mean, breastfeeding in America has changed dramatically and was, you know, nearly eradicated yeah. um, at one point. Uh, and, you know, for a whole host of reasons that we you know, could also have another episode about, Mm. um, but you know, we talk about what's normal here in, in this culture, but, but people, people confuse norms with nature and, you know, just because something is a cultural norm doesn't mean that it's not a natural thing to do. Uh, so, you know, people, People have these ideas and make these comments, and it's be- simply because they're not haven't been exposed to it. And so I understand when I, you know, I understand like, you know, when I first, before I had kids, if I saw a six year old breastfeeding, I would have been like, whoa, that is weird. <laughs> you know, that is like, oh my god, I can't even deal with that. But you know, and it's because I had never seen it before, I never had experience with it, and I never um, had been exposed to it. So it's, you know, my and. And the thing that people don't understand is that they're just your perception of the world is not the end all be all. Mm. You know, you're not the axis of the universe. You know, you don't, you know, you just because, you know, your opinions and your, you know, your view of the world is shaped by your personal experiences and that have absolutely nothing to do with, you know, the reality of other people. Right. So, you know, I just, you know, I, I kind of laugh at those comments, but I also kind of understand, you know, I said, well, you know, and I'll say, you know, I understand that you haven't been exposed to this or don't have experience with this, but you know, it's actually quite normal for a breastfeeding child. If, if not weaned to breastfeed this long. Yeah. Mm. I appreciate that. And you know, your comment on the whole, your perception of the world isn't the end all be all. I'm sure there's a lot of people that would have a hard time <laughs> coming to terms with that reality that their perception yeah. is not the way that it is. And people who are making those far stretch of comments, to your point, are not the most informed either. And they're the ones who don't have that much experience with it or understanding of it because if they did, they would know comments and points like that aren't necessarily the most valid, not to mention not helpful. I mean, we're not even talking about how it's not nice, right. but beyond <laughs> right. that, it's just not very well founded in research or a, a greater understanding of the world beyond the United States. Right. Yeah. No, yeah. I think that, yeah, especially comments on the internet, you got to really, you got to become a duck, you know, <laughs> you got to let it roll off your roll off, let the water roll off your feathers. Like yeah. you can't, you can't, uh, there's nothing that you can um, do about that. Can you, you know, all you have to do is a little bit of research into somebody and realize that they're like some scary person somewhere. You know, I mean, anybody on the Internet can comment. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
and people do. There's like people lose their filter on the internet. You know, oh, people yeah. say things on the internet that you would never ever say to somebody's face. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one, one other thing I want to comment on, and I'm going to include, uh, links to everything and anything to find you and connect with you. So on Facebook, on Instagram, your blog and podcast. Um, but there was one part, uh, a blog post, um, from badassbreastfeeder.com that I wanted to comment on and get your feedback on. And that was, you know, breastfeeding and boobs is the title of the, of the post. And it's this image of why is it okay for kids to see this? And it's a, picture of a voluptuous, you know, lovely pair of breasts in a bikini. And then the other one is, but not this. And it's a photo of a breastfeeding child. Mm-hmm. Um, why? I mean, I'm sure it's a very, it's longer than a simple one statement answer, but what do you think that is that we're okay with seeing boobs, you know, sell cars and, uh, you know, sports, but to see them in their anatomically correct role just doesn't jive. Well, what is that? Yeah, I think it's because in the United States of America, women do not own their bodies. Mm. And we're perfectly fine when a woman is fulfilling her role of satisfying somebody else. um, But we are not okay with a woman using her body in its, you know, its way of fulfilling her own needs or a child's needs. Mm. Um, you know, the, 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 the woman that, you know, well, let me take, I always have to bring it back to myself. Cause if we start talking about other people, then it's like, we're judging them. And I, and I don't, I don't, I, I, I think it's, it's not helpful to the conversation because right. I love to dress up my boobs in a bikini and mm. a push up bra and, you know, go around showing my cleavage. And I, I think that's, you know, boobs are beautiful and they're awesome. Mm. And in, and in our culture, and another thing that people don't understand in our culture, they are seen as, you know, sexually arousing, right? That is not true in other cultures, right? You know, this blows people's minds, but you know, (laughs) breasts are not sex organs, they are a part of a woman's body and a man's body and a woman's body. They have become sexualized. We have done this to them. Um, but, and that's, you know, that's fine, you know, because we can't just say, all right, everybody, we've decided you all have to stop being sexually aroused by breasts. Right. You know, that's not going to happen. Right. You know, and I'm not going to stop putting on, uh, you know, my push up bra cause mm-hmm. I think it's cool and I like it. Um, and, But this is, you know, so then I'm fulfilling this role that is expected of me as a woman to be a sexual, you know, to be sexually appealing and be sexually pleasing to men. Um, And that's fine. And that's celebrated. Um, But then I'm breastfeeding. And it's, you know, I'm now I'm sort of demonstrating that my body is powerful and that it has these natural abilities that have absolutely nothing to do with anybody except for me and my baby. Um, and, and that's very threatening. Mm-hmm. I think just as you know, women um, are to be controlled and, and, and you can't control really a breastfeeding mom. And that's very threatening. Yeah. Wow. I, yeah, and I appreciate that. And, you know, to your point of, uh, I see, I love, in fact, celebrating the female body and all parts of it in whatever way a woman wants to express that. So I don't have a problem with 
a bikini picture of boobs selling something, if that's what that woman wants to do and she feels celebrated and she feels like a divine goddess, just as much as the woman breastfeeding in public. So I think it's all okay. My issue is when one is okay and the other isn't. Yes. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. Yeah. And that's, I mean, (laughs) you know, we see men all the time walking around being very sexy and then being, you know, the, the hot dad, baby wearing dad. Like, you know, men have the freedom to do, you know, with their bodies as they please and to be um, sexual and smart and, you know, a dynamic and all these, you know, it, it, and a woman, it's not it's not accepted. You mm-hmm. know, women, women do not have that freedom over their bodies and their experiences mm-hmm. um, to to do that. And, you know, I would love to live in a world where someday women could be, you know, sexual and nurturing and all these things. You know, I think that's all possible just by, you know, you continuing to do what you're doing and who you're being and then all the ripple effects that it creates and creating this space and this community of badass breastfeeder because, you know, you can make the argument on if you I'm sure you agree with this. It's more than just breastfeeding. I mean, breastfeeding is the medium through which you've come into this space and you've been able to provide this platform, but I'm sure it's lent itself to so many other things and opportunities for women to kind of own their power. Well, and I think that's, yeah, that's uh, to, to circle back to the very beginning is that, you know, when I was talking about, um, um, I don't even remember what I was talking about, but I, you know, I was talking about, um, how I didn't really understand like how I fit into like, you know, the role of women and yeah. like, feminism and stuff in America. And, you know, I think just breastfeeding and, and breastfeeding and, and kind of that whole thing has just exposed me to so much about, um, women in America yeah. and our bodies and how it's seen and hold on, honey. Um, so yeah, I mean the community itself has grown. It, you're right. It is about breastfeeding, but it is about so much more Yeah, because it breastfeeding just leads to really a conversation about the female body and, and the female experience. Oh, that's, I love that. Yes, 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 yes. Um, Abby, I am so grateful to you for this conversation. I mean, we could keep going for hours and hours. Um, but if people do want to listen to you talk more, they can on your podcast that you host with um, your friend and lactation consultant, Diane Cassidy, correct? Yes, that's right. Yes, the Badass Breastfeeding Podcast, me awesome. and Diane, uh, uh, every week. Wonderful. And so people can find that in Apple Podcasts and I'll include links to that as well as, like I said earlier, Facebook, Instagram, and any other way to connect with you and to connect with the badass breastfeeder community. Um, Again, just thank you so much for what you're doing. It's really important work. And I'm so happy you kind of answered to, you know, the call or whatever it was to move into this space because it's much needed. And I'm sure so many women are grateful that you've created it. Yeah, well, thank you very much. Quick note about the Doing It at Home podcast. Matthew and I are not doctors or medical professionals, and nothing we say should be taken as medical advice or opinion. If you have medical or health-related questions, please take them to a trained professional. We're here simply to entertain you with stories and conversations about pregnancy, birth, and parenthood. Does your father know you're listening to this podcast? Well, when you're done, why don't you stop by and check out a show that is 100% dad-approved? Dadages. Hi there, I'm Chad Higgle. 
If you're looking for useful insights and practical advice you can actually apply to work, family, education, philanthropy, and just life in general, check out Dadages. That's D-A-D-A-G-E-S, wherever you listen to your podcasts.